0: Or visit CollateralBase.com. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Hey
1: everyone, I'm Len May and welcome to Everything is Personal. Everything is Personal. Yes. yes. I'm here with my very handsome stranger, oh John man. Small with his uh, camouflage mask looking very very sexy today uh i like that look
2: thank you on Lon, I, len, um,
1: <laughs> I am so flattered
2: um for those who can't see what's going on here and, and it is a disturbing sight and you can watch it on the youtube video but i am wearing a mask not because i don't trust my dear friend len but because his is really the first house that i have been in since march uh when covid descended upon us or at least when all the restrictions came i've been hyper paranoid uh you know i lost a very dear friend to covid very early on yeah. and so um I'm a little probably more careful than others. I can't believe the videos I've been watching on YouTube of these people with no masks walking into Target, sort of parading around proudly. (laughs) <laughs> anyway i'm the opposite i am i am a militant mask person who goes up to people
1: on the street and says excuse me you should be wearing a mask well so i'm honored yeah that you made my house your first attempt to uh thank you. you know be around, but i think i'm good even though
2: yeah i, I, I do feel it. like something out of a of a superhero movie some sort of villain and i like um yeah so hey everybody um <laughs> all right back to the show yeah
1: wanted to kind of put it out there that The main reason why I wanted to do this is just because I'm curious about so many different things. And every single time that I do interviews or or people talk to me, it's all done in sound bites. And I really wanted to have the opportunity to kind of talk about things I'm really curious and interested about and ask my friends, ask other people what their opinion is. So I'm really curious about what somebody's first experience with cannabis was. So I'm gonna ask you, John, what was your first experience with cannabis like? So listeners to this
2: show will uh, soon see that there is a certain theme with John Small and cannabis, and that is that I have not always had good experiences. I will have to say that my first experience was among one of the worst experiences, but it does get better. There is a happy ending to this story. The first time I ever had cannabis was when I was 16 years old. A bunch of high school friends of mine got some bags of weed from the Bronx. We always went up to Hunts Point in the Bronx, which was kind of a shady area of the Bronx where we could get some drugs because it was very far from legal in 1985, I think we're talking about here. And so we smoked a little weed. They had to convince me. I was not a big, uh, not that excited about weed. I had some weird associations with it and um, was a little scared of it. But I think I took a few hits. Then we went out to this restaurant called Nathan's. And Nathan's is a hot dog joint Um, very popular at Coney Island. They have a a hot dog eating contest.
1: Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's the guy who can
2: down (laughs) inhale hot dogs like they're they're sushi. But I took a few hits. Then we went to Nathan's, which had video games, big arcade, huge arcade, where all the high school kids would hang out. And back in those days, you know, we didn't play online. We played – there was no such thing as online. We played video arcade games. So I was playing Galaga, really getting into it, probably getting a high score, and all of a sudden, boom – I am higher than I have ever been in my life. And because, that's because I had never been high in my life. So I had no <laughs> idea what was happening. And my heart started racing like just crazy. And I'm sure it was racing because I was perpetuating the nervousness of the, about the way I was feeling. And it was like a vicious cycle where I was you know, nervous that I felt funny. Yeah. And then my heart would race. And then I'd be like, oh, why is my heart racing? And then my heart would race more. Anyway, my friends saw that I was completely panicking. And they took me out of the arcade very gently. And I said, am I supposed to be feeling this way? Am I... Maybe you guys should take me to the hospital. And they said, no, 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 we're not taking you to the hospital, dude. We're 16 years old. We'll get arrested. <laughs> so they sat me down and they ordered me a plate of fried clams. And fried clams were sort of the delicacy of Nathan's. And I just started eating them and eating them and started feeling better. And eventually it, it, it subsided from fear to my next typical emotion, which was hunger. <laughs> and <laughs> there, there's two really basic feelings I feel all day. Fear and hunger, hunger, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so the hunger kicked in, and I decided that I was going to eat those clams. And I think I ordered like three of the clams, uh, fried clam dishes, and was very happy. But then, you know, never smoked pot again for the next uh, probably, you know, year and a half until I get to college. So that was my first experience. Not a great experience. And it's really a sort of um, always a reminder to me that whenever you're going to try a new drug or a new thing like that, to always... Set yourself up in a situation around yeah. people, uh, and in a, in a in an environment yeah. where you feel safe, where it's not you know it's like I'll tell you someday my first mushroom experience, also yeah. the worst we'll, possible. We'll talk about that. Yeah, the worst fun. possible <laughs> way to do it. So I've learned the hard way, but always be around, surround yourself with people you love and trust yeah. in a place that an environment that's
1: very safe. Uh, set and setting, setting, yeah, that's uh, what it's about. And your boys actually took care of you, which is a nice thing. I very nice. Had. Uh, experiences like that, where friends of mine, did the opposite to other people, they were just fucking with them so much, to make exactly. me feel worse. But you guys take care of you as so good friends. I think I talked about my experience on the last show. My first one was uh, in school, and in uh, right before class started. But then when I found out what it's you know what it's doing to me, then I wanted to introduce my friends to it. So I started doing that, and we found out that we had to go. Uh, what's called down the way to get our weed in Philly. (laughs) Down the way. Drive down the way, which is like uh, 5th. And there's this area called Osage Ave that uh, for anybody that's old enough or knows some history that wants to think back. In Philadelphia, we had this thing. uh, There's an organization called MOVE, and our mayor, uh, Mayor Wilson Good at the time, decided to drop a bomb on his own people. So this whole area uh, caught fire. No, man. So that's where we used to go to get our weed and down the way. So I have a really weird memory. Like some things I can't remember people's names, right. <clears throat> but there's movie clips of playing my head where I can actually see this guy, Willie stand in the corner with his uh, sweats and then wife beater. And he would bounce his uh, tennis ball and you come up to Willie and he's like, uh, what you need? And say, whatever you need, you give him the money and he takes the tennis ball and throws it to his buddy who's a, a little bit down the, uh, further up, and he opens up the tennis ball because it's slit in the middle, yeah. and that's where he kept the nickel bags of weed. So he, give, he takes out the weed, gives it to you, and you have the stems and seeds and all that stuff, and you look through it, and you know they tell you go. Now, there was two experiences where Willie either didn't throw the ball <laughs> or <laughs> he threw a real throw tennis the ball. ball. There was nothing in there, and I come up to the guy, and he goes, what you need? Uh-oh. I'm like, my weed. He goes not today buddy <laughs> not. oh my god and you so why do go. you think
2: they use the tennis ball is that just a good transportation <clears throat> yeah vehicle? so
1: what happens is it's not illegal to consume it's illegal to possess so the guy that's taking the money is not giving you the weed mm. so the guy that's giving you the weed is just giving you weed he's sharing so if somebody gets busted there was no transaction that happened i just got some weed from a guy or or it was in the tennis ball and that's probably a good way for them to transfer or maybe they were you know, practicing tennis. Yeah, very like creative, very creative in the illegal <laughs> a, drug trade. There's a lot of creativity in the drug trade. Like, yeah. you think about now, a lot of people who are like old school who got into this industry now that's legal, you still have those people we've, you know, th- there's like creativity to the industry that you had to do. And I think you're implementing some of those creative techniques now in the legal uh, market. So it's pretty interesting to see people do that. But my first album I ever bought was Led Zeppelin four. Like I went and bought that album uh, outside of like my dad's albums that I, he didn't really let me play, but so I had my own album. And then I discovered there was a, a movie that Led Zeppelin did. I didn't even know there was an album, one hmm. song remains the same. So it was a movie that I think I either recorded off somewhere or somebody gave me on a VHS tape and there's the same 85, 86 around that kind of time. So we home from school, my friends would come over. My parents didn't get home till like uh, six, so this, uh three, so we had three hours to sort of get high and watch the song. We made the same. So we put on the VHS tape, and we make tinfoil bowls, and we make these tinfoil bowls from everybody. Like, you put a big pen, and you wrap it around, and you make a little uh, tinfoil bowl, and then we take our weed, and we put it in 35-millimeter film canisters, which uh, are all cancer-causing agents, I believe, all combined. So, yeah, great. Yeah. It's always and, a, a good combination. Man, I think we're, we're healthy now. So uh, my generation grew up I'm with trying, all that yeah. stuff. I'm
2: trying. To, yeah, exactly. It's true. Tell our kids not to stay away from that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we tell and, yeah, them to stay still, away, and we've done yeah, that for years. we've been uh, fine. Years.
1: So smoking and and watching Song remains the same, were just such an incredible experience. And we just got into the music, and that sort of connected me to the music, I think, in some way. But... I did have one negative experience as a kid. I I, I had several in my life, but one negative one where my buddy Mike, I was walking down the street. Come, he lived in my street, and he's like, "Hey, got a joint," which was a big deal back. Like somebody gets weed is a big deal, and he comes comes over, and we smoke a joint. I don't even remember if we finished it, but he said he wasn't feeling well, so he's gonna go home. I'm like, okay, and then all of a sudden, I started getting really nauseous, Hmm. and I started throwing up. Oh man! And then I passed out, and I like passed out for the entire day and night. So that was definitely laced. So one of the things that I, I want to talk about is uh, we're sort of so lucky to be in California, be in the, on the West Coast, because this legal market, you know, the, the weed that we would get in the, the nickel bags would be yeah. maybe ten percent THC at best, at best, yeah. at best, if that. Now we have stuff that's thirty percent and concentrates are way, way more. So it's very, very, very potent. So if people have predisposition to certain things, that's when the trigger gets triggered. But however, you also have the opportunity to take advantage of a legal market where you're getting good, clean cannabis that's tested, tested for all the different things that's probably in the weed that we smoked back in the day, but also not only potency, but also terpenes and everything else that you need. So I think we're we're lucky to be here, but especially on the coast here.
2: Yeah, definitely on the West coast. It's very different experience. Even when I talk to my friends on the East coast who still, you know, have to either get it shipped in somehow from the West coast or buy, you know, it from the illicit market and where it's dicey. I think cannabis from what I understand is much, much more potent now, but there's also more options now to do different ratios, which you didn't have. You didn't have any idea when you're buying a dime bag, what you were getting. I mean, I also smoked a bag of PCP laced stuff when I was a teenager and (laughs) That was another wonderful experience which i won't even bother regaling our our listeners with but yesterday i tried a a sort of five to one thc cbd combination gummy Mm -hmm. and it made me a little higher than i thought it would would i did a half of one but you know now i know well maybe that's a little high for me i'm gonna go for like a three to one like it's so crazy how you can really mix and match now The the market is so tailored to the can of curious and people, if you if you're somebody that has a hugely high tolerance, you can smoke that really strong stuff and you're going to get higher than you've ever gotten in your life. Oh yeah. No, um, I, I,
1: I had, I had an experience like that the first time I dabbed, which was just like uh, an extremely intense experience. And then I also went to this uh, event where there was a company called clear that was displaying their 99% THC uh, oil. Right. And they put it in a vape. So I took like a couple of hits of that. And I had the same experience as a dab, like my heart started racing, yeah. my blood pressure, all that stuff. If I was a, you know, a hypochondriac, I would think that I was happening. So a what's heart going attack.
2: on with the heart racing thing? Tell me about that. Is that, uh, so something this Is something that should scare us. I mean, nobody's ever died of a heart attack from smoking cannabis as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So what, what is going on? Why does your heart rate, you know, I know you're not a medical doctor, but you certainly yeah. have a lot of experience with, uh, with cannabis.
1: Well, first of all, it depends what you're consuming. But when you have a receptor that is being bound by THC, you have all these different things that are happening to you when you have uh, a stressful event. That Mm -hmm. happens. uh, You have dopamine. Like a fight or flight type of thing. Yeah, Yeah. so you have that. So that's part of your body's like, what the fuck is going on right now? Exactly. Uh, My receptors are bound and you have this elevated. Now, what happens to some of us is that you're triggering a genetic predisposition to other things. So if you're prone to PTSD, for instance, there's a gene that has this uh, PTSD association with it. And what happens is, if you actually trigger that in an individual, not only are you thinking about, oh my God, I'm high, but you're thinking about, oh my God, I'm high, and that shit that happened to me when I was seven years old, and you get on this hamster wheel of thoughts. And you start freaking yourself out, and that's where sudden set setting comes in. But you definitely can trigger that anxiety in an individual with consuming a certain cannabis, and especially high THC and certain terpene profiles. There are certain terpene profiles that are boosted serotonin and give you that up. And if you're already up, you don't need to feel the up. You need to feel the relaxed type. So understanding your genetic predisposition and then understanding what is you're consuming and matching those together is really important. However, I'll talk about an experience uh, that I just had with with an individual. So, I had a reporter that um, did an interview three months ago write an article about uh, us, and I went over her uh, DNA uh, results. I think she swathed, or maybe she put up her 23 me. I don't remember. In going through that, she had some genes that I thought she should be aware of. So, I told her, you know, she has a gene for anxiety that stress reactivity and that PTSD and then she had another one which is FA, CNR1 and then she had another one that's associated with psychosis psychotic like events which is AKT1 told her that's fine and she has a medical condition which she has to take cannabis for months went by I even forgot about the article and she emailed and said oh I'm so sorry on the delay of the article I finally submitted it but uh, you forewarned me of a situation, and I just want to tell you, you forewarned me that I had this genetic predisposition, psychosis, and I actually had a psychotic break. Like, is there anything, you know, what can we do? So I had a conversation with her, and and just because she had a genetic predisposition doesn't mean it's gonna express. I have no idea. But she actually didn't heed any of the advice from the report, she went ahead and continued to do that, and she did it with an edible. Even though she's not a poor metabolizer, but she was taking 25 milligrams of edibles, and, uh, that's a lot of edibles. That's a lot for, for some people. Yeah. It depends on where you, but you know, it's a pretty high amount of THC, but you're also getting the conversion to 11 oxyhydroxide from your right, liver, which we talked about last time right. episode, which can yes. really, but then it triggered her fight or flight. This, this gene called fun. I talked about that too. And she started getting anxiety. And when she started getting that extreme anxiety, that PTSD, that's trauma. And it's caused all by stress because there's a gene that says if you are stressed in the situation, you can actually ex- exacerbate those genes. Right. So she had that same kind of uh, exacerbation of the genetic predisposition. And she started really freaking herself out. She's like, I started getting these thoughts and all that stuff. And then she had a full psychotic break Wow. for two weeks and uh, she had to go to a psychiatrist. That's and, scary. Yeah, and it's it's that gene, it's the psychosis gene, the AKT1, it, it was triggered, and I was like, well, I still need to take cannibal, what do I do? And I said, well, why don't you take something that's a little more balanced? Your genetic profile says one-to-one CBD to THC, you're still getting the THC, and change your terpene profile. I said, so you're consuming uh, sativa-dominant hybrids, limonene, pinene, they're giving you the up, so now that you're extra stressed, you know, be aware that that can happen. Now, the thing that also uh, perpetuated it is uh, insomnia. Mm-hmm. So this stress creates insomnia. Not every insomnia is due to stress, but uh, hers specifically was. Stress, insomnia, and it's sort of like this rat race that keeps going around and around and around. Yeah, I said, maybe what you want to do is consume something different at night and something different during the day. So you had that balanced formulation, the, that calming. So I said, instead of limonene or pinene, if it smells like citrusy or it smells, because uh, she want to consume just weed, just cannabis flower, I suggest that she consumes a tincture because she can control that, but she, okay, that's fine. That's her choice. I said, pinene, like that piney smell or that um, citrusy smell. I said, that's not your friend. I said, your friend smells like lavender. Okay. So I smell that that's linalool, that's a calming terpene, that should be dominant. beta uh, which is found in like clove and black pepper, that's it's an anti-inflammatory, that'll help to relax your immune system as well and kind of get everything back in balance. And at night, you wanna take maybe something a little more sedative, but don't take that high THC if you can avoid it. And I said, maybe avoid edibles altogether. If you have this experience and, you, and you're really getting this conversion, just avoid it. And It's so funny because people always talk about, you know, what the hell do you mean an adverse event from cannabis? Cannabis Mm -hmm. is great. Nobody talks about that stuff because it's embarrassing to tell somebody, hey, uh, you know, I can't smoke weed. It makes me this. But now, especially uh, now, I think people are much more open to it and having those conversations. And like your stories and the stories we talk about, I think it'll help people say, okay, it's the wrong type of cannabis with my genetic predisposition. So when I find what's personally. Uh, associated with me I can find that formulation It's a go-to formulation And even If you're not getting Like a tincture Something that's formulated for you Even a flower Just be aware She's like What can I take Well I said Well there's high CBD strains There's things like Harlequin And a bunch of other strains That are high CBD But even if you don't have Test results Because you know and not everybody Tests for terpenes Some states require that Some states don't Use your nose Yeah And then just Use your nose as a guide
2: I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I think there's a certain, almost snobbery about cannabis among, you know, people who have been consuming it for a long time, <laughs> or even people who are in the business of cannabis, or people who are just strong cannabis advocates. That like there is nothing dangerous about cannabis. That it's the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. It changed my life. It if any if everybody was just smoking cannabis, the world would be a better place. And I think there's a lot of truth to that in the sense that cannabis, as compared to other Drugs is actually quite safe and and has helped people immensely, especially people who, who, you know, with medical conditions. But I think we also, to move the sort of movement forward, have to acknowledge that not everybody has the same experience with cannabis, including me, who's a guy who makes his living writing about cannabis, (laughs) right? I get so much weed sent to me all day long. I wish I could just smoke it all day and be that, you know, did you bring any, I I was going to (laughs) bring some with you. I I have plenty. It's all right. Yeah. I figured you (laughs) have, there's one guy that has enough, you know, I love that you're open-minded about this and willing to not just sort of poo-poo people that have bad experiences and sort of everybody has a different reaction to it. It's not like one of these things that everybody has the same experience every time they smoke weed and people really respond differently to different types of strains and to different um, ratios of CBD and THC and to different terpenes. And really the only way that we can have a positive experience is to be able to experiment in a way that is safe and not a lot of pressure yeah. being put on you and not these kind of people being like, dude, you know, if somebody passes me a joint, they don't know what my terpene profile yeah. is. Yeah. You know, they don't know. I mean, I know they're trying to be friendly and hospitable and, but maybe I'm going to freak out from your weed, dude. Yeah. Well, so, I think,
1: I think COVID's going to end the whole uh, yeah, the, passing of. Uh, yeah. The that's the end of that, that, which probably means, a better thing. I don't know, man. I love that experience because everywhere you go, yeah, it's a communal thing. You build relationship with people passing a joint. This whole thing of like, I'm going to smoke my own and you smoke your own. is kind of weird.
2: I mean, COVID is going to change so many things in that way, but I do think that's the end of somebody bogarting your your joint, (laughs) right? Which is a good thing. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. (laughs) That part's good.
1: But but going back to what you were saying, you're right. Everybody has a personal experience and what you wanna do is you wanna help people avoid a negative experience. Because w- what happens is you may actually be an advocate for it, but even understanding that you may have a negative experience, maybe it's not for you all the time, but you're still an advocate. But there are certain people that have a negative experience and they become the opposite. And they're like, no, this is bullshit, this is a drug. This is it dangerous. Really, yeah, this is dangerous, it can fuck you up really bad. And that's the thing that we wanna avoid because when some of those people actually have a medical issue and they need it instead of turning to cannabis because they had they turned to narcos or they turn to drugs that have so many worse side effects like even though you can have a negative experience nobody's ever died from it so Mm -hmm. as long as you have set and setting and as long as you kind of get your mind saying okay worst thing is going to happen to me i'm going to freak out i'm Mm going to have a bad experience i'm not going to die so let me drink some water. Let me take some CBD. Maybe receptors are, are will reset. Let me eat something. Let me watch something on TV that will take my mind out of it. Because our brain keeps doing that to ourselves, too. Oh, the but brain no, is the worst. yeah. Oh yeah. But nobody's ever died. But those are the people we want to address first. Like, yes, you can have a negative experience. But learn about what a positive experience looks like in your life. And you can have a really good experience, and you can tell other people. Uh, I'm going to do kind of a segue on this topic. But my daughter she's been listening to me like in the car or when we drive people call me with all kind i'm not a medical doctor i'm not a professional i don't know anything about anything but people still ask me for my opinion on different conditions and you know hundreds of cancer patients you name it mm. that i've uh, i've worked with over the years parkinson's epilepsy right. you name it we've been able to do a lot of really really positive things but she hears that in the car and she understands she's got a different relationship and i asked her you know have you try and a lot of her friends smoke weed and they vape and I've seen them and I, I know And when I get in the car, and your daughter is how old uh, she'll be 16 in January okay so uh, she's almost 16 so this was the around the time most kids start you know trying weed of course and I talked to her about it, and she goes that I haven't tried it yet but when I do I'm gonna talk to you about it first because I you're knowledgeable about it and I want to make sure I know what I can take I'm like Dude, I must be doing something right man. like the man. dream daughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great, man. Well, she that is talk great. to me. So there's still definitely a stigma. And I was listening, I want to bring this up as a, I was listening to my daughter's health class or whatever class she was taking. And the guy was going through the textbook of cannabis, dope, is dangerous. It can do this, this, and this. It's all this old school bullshit that they didn't update it in the books. So having a conversation with your kids about cannabis. Obviously, my parents never did with me. Right. I don't know if your parents did with
2: you. Not really. And they smoked a lot of weed when they were <laughs> when they were in college. Yeah. And in, in their adult life. Never.
1: So how do you have that conversation? Have you had that
2: conversation with your kids? My kids are a little bit younger than your kids. So right. my, my son is, well, I mean, not that much younger. My son is about to turn 15 and my daughter is 11. And um, they know that there's a lot of cannabis in our house and and their friends know that there's a lot of cannabis (laughs) in their house. And my son is a musician and he's got his musician friends over and they're looking through the cupboards and they see it. And even though we've tried to hide it, they're aware of it. I think they're a little they're curious about it, but they're they're scared of it. Because they've heard, you know, that it that it's not good for kids, and it isn't good for kids, and they shouldn't be smoking too much of it as a kid. I, I don't, I don't think. And again, I'm not a medical doctor, but I don't think it's probably the best thing for them to be stoners
1: at the age of 15 or 16. Well, it's probably not good for anybody whose brain is fully developed yeah. to consume a lot of cannabis. Whose However, brain isn't fully developed. Yeah, so. you somewhere around 25, gray matter stuff can be affected, especially if you have genetic predispositions to that. You should know. However, I'm not naive. You're yeah. a teenager. You're gonna, yeah, you're you're gonna, gonna be try doing weed. You're gonna you're gonna drink beer. You're gonna try this. You're gonna try that. When I leave the house and her friends are over, I said, "Please don't smoke my weed." That's how <laughs> I leave. Like, yeah. don't smoke my weed. Uh, but yeah, so you were saying that you have. Well, a so I've
2: had a conversation with them where I say, you know, yeah, I say the same thing you say. Like, L- let's talk about it before you do it. Always start low and go slow. Yeah. Just be very mindful that it, it's going to make you feel a little bit different and it's not great for your brain at this age. So I don't want you to be doing it. I can totally be cool with you experimenting with it. You know, there are some cool parents in his school that actually like give their kids weed or give (laughs) their kids drinks. This is what we're hearing now. Like they actually like buy their kids alcohol because they think it's like, they want to be kind of liberal. Is is that a cool parent though? Yeah. To me, that's the, the cool parents are the worst parents because when they make it that accessible, honestly, I feel like the kids just turn to worse things. Like if you're like, you know, my parents said it was okay for me to drink, you know, gin. So I'm going to drink whatever Jaeger. I, I don't know. <laughs> like I just feel like it, whenever your parents say something that's cool, you always want to rebel against it. So you might as well. But also I look, I want to give my kids the opportunity to ask questions, to experiment. I think if my kids are anything like me and they, they've turned out to be quite a bit like me, they are going to be cautious because I'm a cautious person. And so I don't think they're, I have to worry too much about it. I think that they have their own kind of risk aversion and, you know, but if they like the way it makes them feel and musicians, when we go back to music, seem to really like the effects of cannabis in listening to music and playing music. I mean, I was just in an Uber with a guy, well, before COVID he was a jazz musician. He was telling me, you know, when I'm high, the way I hear music when I'm playing is so different. I have to be high to sort of play you know, solos, it just quiets the mind, the kind of doubting mind, and the, the mind that's telling him, or the part of his brain that's telling him like, you know, you suck, or this is, this is. Yeah, you it's a voice in
1: it's, your head, the prefrontal cortex it, that keeps telling you over and over and over that, that conscious voice, but what you wanna do is you wanna to get to that subconscious level yeah. and kind of flow. And uh, cannabis will that helps you to flow? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, when and I write
2: that. it, when I'm writing and I'm high, I do feel that feeling. Of course, it always makes you think that what you're doing is so much better than it is. You're like, this is the best <laughs> writing I have ever done in my life. And then you, you're you're back to being sober, and you look at it, and you're like, this sucked. But um,
1: it's like the it's the best hot dog I've ever had. <laughs> exactly. When you got the munchies, it's the greatest. They're it's like, the, oh, the greatest man, thing. I can't and then really you like, eat that. Shit. I know
2: that was the worst <laughs> thing. So it is funny in that way. But listen, I, I, I'd venture to say that some of the greatest albums that we've ever listened to in our lives were com- conceived completely
1: while people were high, including
2: most of the Beatles albums. Right. I, so I'm
1: not sure if there was ever a great album that was conceived <laughs> that people weren't high. Right.
2: So I think there's something worth <clears throat> worth noting there that it is important. And yet, and that's the balancing act that I have to play with my son because I do know that it can be helpful with creative people, but I also don't want him to, to use anything as a crutch or to yeah. feel like he needs to have it in order to function. And, you know he's already on um medication he's already on add medication so adhd medication so and, and then there's that whole um issue of you know how is it going to interact with well the that's ADHD yeah medication.
1: i was just going to say that's the whole thing drug to drug interaction and even supplements and nutrients it's a major right. thing so uh, not making a plug for us but on EndoDNA, when you do our our test that's one of the things that we uh, you ask we, yeah we have a drug database right now on prescription medications both brands and and uh, generics i think there's 206 different oh, medications wow. that show that cannabinoids can inhibit that me- medication hmm. uh, with references and now we're adding supplements and nutrients so like um covid the vitamin d you have to take vitamin d zinc. well certain uh supplements can actually interact with cannabinoids as well so just being aware of how you take that, and some of them are time release, so being able to right, take the right dose, when you take it. There's ways to mitigate that, but you have to do it with knowledge. Like if you don't know, you don't know. But if you actually have the information that you can you know, take proper precautions. It's a really good point about drug interaction. Uh, yeah, sure. it's
2: something you should be aware of, and I should probably check with you. I think we have to do an episode down the line where you look at my DNA test that I did with uh, endocanna and yeah. tell me, what the hell am I doing wrong? Dude, I, I think, might have that psychotic. I might have that psychotic gene.
1: I, I think it would be so cool for us to sit and go over yours and I'll go over mine and we'll right. share and we'll see what the differences are. And then what we'll do is I'll give you uh, your personalized cannabis. I'll take my personalized <laughs> cannabis and we can get high. We can get high on the
2: show and then we can take <laughs> caller questions who that'll, are doing their own tests. Yeah, no, that'll be, I love that. that would be fun.
1: You brought up music. I find it fascinating. So I have a question for you. you're really into music and uh, I find it fascinating the business of music these days. I'm just curious what your thoughts are because back in the day, you know mm. you have to get a, a demo out, you have to send it to a label and all this stuff. Now there is music everywhere. everywhere. there's so much music. so I'm curious to think get your opinion. Is it so much noise that's going on, so much music that's hard to find? like really good gems or is it an amazing time for music because you have so many outlets and you have so many creative people that are are doing all kinds of interesting music? What what are your thoughts? That's a really
2: great question. I think it's a terrible answer, but I'm going to say I think it's both a, a very amazing time for music and also very challenging. One thing that really helps me is to have a 14 year old son who is obsessed with music right now, who's kind of like my DJ and will play me things in the car. And you probably maybe have the same experience with your daughter. I mean, he just has a way of maneuvering through Spotify and Apple and in a way that I just don't know how the hell he does it, but he's able to find the gems. He listens to, you know, reviews on YouTube of records and, Mm -hmm. and suggest things for me. So Because of him, I'm aware that there's actually a lot of really great music happening right now. Because up until he was this age, I used to say to people like, music sucks today. It's not like it was back in the day when we could sit and listen to records. Now that said, the way he consumes music to me is very different than the way we used to do it when we were kids. So you talked about the song remains the same and he will listen to records. This is his new thing where he'll take bike rides and listens to whole albums. That's like a revelation for him. But in general, the way that... I think younger people or people today listen to music is like almost like these curated playlists. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Which to me is a bummer because I think part of what was so great about listening to music back in the day was that we used to listen. There used to be that experience that the unknown of picking up a record at tower records, ripping it open, bringing it home, you know, either putting it on the turntable, putting it in the CD player and then sitting down on your bed, maybe smoking, a joint and listening to the whole record from the beginning to the end. Right. And that that whole experience is kind of gone now. I mean, you can recreate it, obviously, but it's not really the way people listen to music anymore. And um, so in that way, I think it's sort of sad. But I do think that there's more happening than ever before. I wouldn't say it's better than it's ever been, but there's a lot of experimentation. You know, I used to think that hip hop was dead. But my son has actually shown me that it isn't. I don't know if I love the newest form of hip hop, but it's it's alive and
1: well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And, and by the way, I think it's cyclical, and I agree with you. And I, my daughter does the same thing. It's like Spotify lists and everything they like, and so a yeah. whole bunch of different uh, playlists, which which are cool. But they, but sometimes they'll like they put on the new Travis Scott, and they'll listen to the whole thing. And it's like this is the yeah. hottest thing ever. This is fire, Travis Scott. And I, I I personally you don't get it. Well, I I don't get. The auto-tune rap, because I remember Jay-Z had that death to auto-tune kind of song. Yeah, we like, thought it was going to be the end. I thought it's... it was it, and that's like, this is the hottest thing, and it doesn't make sense. I can't understand the lyrics, and I started hearing my dad in my, yeah. In my head. Yeah, I know. I, I don't do want that. to be my dad. Either. Oh, yeah. yeah, you young whippersnappers listening to that crap these days, yeah. and I tend to like catch myself, but I want to be open, and I was going to ask you uh, how you get introduced to new music, and you said to your son, I do the same thing to my daughter, and there are gems, Every once in a while there is a gem. Even discovering and I know it's not brand new, but like Anderson Pock or somebody like mm-hmm. that or Tyler the Creator, people are doing something interesting
2: to yeah. me. Thundercat. So, I don't know Thundercat yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. The greatest, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: the greatest. So so I, I tend to start listening to what you listen to, and then if I go on YouTube, I get in a deep hole. Yeah, you like can I'll go, down go a hole. and if you like this, they suggest certain things. So I found this guy like Tom Mish. I don't know if you heard of Tom Mish. Amazing, amazing I highly recommend I think his last name is M-I-S-C-H. Okay. It's kind of a throwback funky kind of music, but uh, lyrical, and he brings in some hip-hop guys. Uh, I think De La Soul was in one of his tracks too, which is one of my favorites. Yeah,
2: the best. They've resurfaced in so many different records. They're amazing. Uh,
1: this is the whole thing of hip-hop. and you know, not, I don't want to say I'm a purist when it comes to hip-hop, but I like the poetry of it. And mm-hmm. I think these days, either I'm not understanding, I'm not hearing it because it's all about the beats. And then when I talk to my daughter, she's like, oh man, it's, it's the music, it's the beats. Like it's about the get, production. Yeah. Yeah. The, the production, it's not what they're saying. And that's sort of uh it's a new thing to me. I, I don't know if that's.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I'm not hearing the poetry. Like, you know, I think music always sounds the best to you when you're 16 or 17 years old and you it really makes an impression on you so, you know, and I'm sure there's something in your brain that's developing at that point. So, you know, I do think that you and I came of age around the same time and that was the music we were listening to was that incredibly poetic Mm -hmm. hip hop. And it really is hard for us to understand the other stuff. I think the lyrics seem to be missing, but of course we could say this and then, Get you know emails from people <laughs> saying, "Have you listened to da da da's rhymes?" I want to listen. I I want yeah. to
1: actually listen because one of the things I was uh, I went to a Jay Z concert, um, like pre-COVID, and I was sitting. I got there early and I was sitting. I uh, had one ticket and I was sitting next to this uh, woman who was like the president of the Jay Z fan club, and we were there early and we were talking, and we're talking about. She's also a teacher, and she says, "Take out just do the a cappella, <laughs> take mm-hmm. out the music." and listen to the poetry of it. And if if there's poetry to it, that's uh, like a great hip-hop song. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with that because when you listen to Rock the Bells and you have that bass line, the music and the lyrics go together. So, but... You know, I think there's uh, definitely a sense of that poetry that's uh, that's been missing in some. Yeah,
2: way. I mean, I but I do. That said, like Kendrick Lamar, I think he's genius, uh, amazing, uh, absolutely. And, and his lyrics are incredible. So if you go down the Kendrick Lamar rabbit hole, you will. Tend but to, is that brand new? It's kind new. I mean, new? he he's he's not brand new, but he's he still puts out records, and he I seems agree. to he seems to be on everybody else's record. So I feel like he's definitely whatever he's bringing into hip hop. I would just like listen to the artists that that role with Kendrick, it's it's, it's a good place to start. Yeah, if you're curious about today's hip hop, even though he's not like, a, like a, a guy right
1: now. Yeah, my daughter will say that like, he's old already. What do you mean yeah. today? It's and like...
2: again, there's, yes. And Elijah, my son, doesn't love a lot of the newer stuff either. But I think Kendrick was like an entry point for him. It is interesting to me now that young people love hip hop. And when I was growing up, hip hop was a little bit of a fringe. If you were a white kind of mainstream person you didn't really listen to hip hop like I yeah. did, but yeah. I was interested in it very much earlier than most people were. And I used to get made fun of for liking hip hop. I mean, uh, you know, like all my Led Zeppelin listening friends would be like, what the hell are you listening to? Like, we, they used to these to go Me wiki, too. wiki, wiki, wiki. Like they would make <laughs> fun <up>. of, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the whole wiki, 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 you're like, you know, Ooh, hip hop bebop. And like, they would make fun of it. And, and actually now i look back on it was like slightly racist, but the whole thing was like very, like, they could not believe I liked that kind of music and look who's having the last laugh. I just wish I would have made money <laughs> off of it. Yeah, right. Um, but it's so funny because now rock music, you know, is like to my son, who's extremely into all kinds of music, not as he's not as interested, at least at this phase of his life, he's only 14 years old in rock. It's like to him, the most yeah. kind of edgy alternative stuff is coming out of the hip hop yeah. urban scene, um, which I find Pretty
1: interesting. Yeah, right no, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Same thing with my daughter, uh, her name is Sasha. But I was listening to RZA on uh, with Rick Rubin, mm-hmm. and he was talking about hip hop. And then Rick was also talking about this stuff when they when they originated hip hop early on. It was a melting pot. Yeah. So yet yeah, it was came from you know black culture, but there was white and Asian influences and all that yeah. early on. And that's when uh, in an, even in early Def Jam. Like bringing in guitar looks, bringing in that rock samples, bringing that into hip hop, like expose that to everybody and people that were into it. I never felt like, yeah, I was a minority as a white kid in yeah. that, but I always felt a camaraderie with people that because we have something that's yeah, so. Yeah, we shared something. It's, but it, we share something that's so underground, right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't hear hip hop on the radio. then like, Nobody was really playing it. And I remember when I first heard uh, Beat Street, uh, the, the Yeah, movie. the movie oh my God, man, that's, that was a life-changing thing. I got the cardboard out. Mm-hmm. it changed my whole style. I'm like, I am going to be a breakdancer. Yeah. That's like kind of what I what I started doing.
2: I mean, I was the same way. I, I don't know if it was Beat Street for me, but it was, um, oh God, I mean, the first, I mean, I'm corny because the first rap I ever heard was actually one of the first raps a lot of people heard, which was um, Rapper's Delight. Yeah, sure but I was yeah. seventh grade. Kamafi Evans brought a uh, disc of it. Uh, he brought the wax and he played it. And I was like, what is this music? And I somehow was able to to find that record and i listened to it a thousand maybe two thousand times i've memorized i can do the entire 15 minute version of rappers delight but i never it never i just never recovered from that moment and really went down a, a rabbit hole of a tremendous rabbit hole yeah. <laughs> and and just had to have every 12 inch uh, ever of every rap record ever made and would go to the bronx to buy them because you know luckily Growing up, and you up you in the East Coast with Philly, but you know, we were near kind of where it was happening. But I think what people don't realize that didn't grow up then was that it was a regional thing, it was impossible to find it outside of like the tri state area. And it wasn't until later when the radio started playing some things like Run DMC and stuff like that that the mainstream America started becoming aware of what it was. Yeah, I
1: think Blondie was probably the first, like a little bit of hip hop on the radio. Yeah, she did Rapture and she.
2: She, I think she was probably the first, yeah. I mean, I I actually once did go to do some research on this. I think she was the first person to, uh, like white mainstream person to ever rap on a a record. There was a lot of rap records that had come out before Blondie. She was just, she was in that downtown scene. I just interviewed Chris Franz, who was the drummer for the Talking Heads. And he was talking about how he was really into hip hop when they were doing their thing in the early eighties. And him and his wife, Tina Weymouth, would go to all the clubs, not uptown, the downtown clubs. Oh, yeah. But in the downtown clubs, some rappers would come in and do their thing. Yeah. And that's how they became aware of Fab Five Freddy and Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why she said, Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's style. Yeah. Later, he would create the Tom Club and start kind of creating, you know, mm-hmm. raps like that. I think one of the things that makes me sad, I don't yeah. think... What happened in the 80s, early 70s with hip-hop is even possible today because I don't know if you can have music that is so underground anymore that people won't discover somehow through the internet. Like, there was no internet, right? So if you knew it, the only way you could really know about it was to, like, know somebody that had tapes of it or be able to find some 12-inches. Half of it wasn't even on vinyl. right? So it was like you heard on the radio. I would sit in there with my... Finger on the pause button of my cassette player radio to, <laughs> the tape, same thing. to tape the shows because it was the only way they could hear yeah. that music. And my son doesn't have that experience. My son's experience is if he likes something, he can find it immediately. At your fingertips. Right. Yeah. But so, was,
1: but that's what we were saying. There are yeah. so many different options and it and, yeah. and, and, and does become cyclical. And, and um, one of the other things that Rick was talking about Sugar Hill Gang, for instance, all these records that were coming out for hip hop were actually using bands, were actually using music, yeah. but it wasn't DJ music, the the ones that were playing in the parties. So when I was going, like I went to the Roxy in New York, I'm like, holy shit, there's a DJ that's playing, there's a guy that's coming up with a mic, but it was all about breakbeats and all that stuff. You never heard that on the radio, even no. even on the, the rap that we're playing. So I think you're right that our kids don't have that luxury, but there's so much more creativity right now. It just... Going through all the noise And like Dedicating some time To go into uh, As you said Like Kendrick Lamar Yeah great Okay yeah, I right. love DNA Let me see who else Is like that Anderson Park yep, uh, Tyler right. Crater Yeah people now, that
2: They don't play on the radio So you would never know They never play that on their, Even yeah.
1: Jay-Z's last uh, Four four. four you never, nobody played that music Like the story of OJ They can't play that On the radio What, right. what an incredible song And like yeah. uh, That's the kind of thing So now Does anybody even Listen to the radio
2: no, I, I think it's a, no, I mean, I listen, I think I'm like a dinosaur and I listen to Sirius XM, but I mean, of course, all I listen to on Sirius XM is, is uh, rock the bells radio and, and, <laughs> okay. and new wave. Uh, you know, so I just listen to the music of my youth. It's not like I'm on there listening to the new stuff. And yeah. I, and when I do, you know, I listen to that stuff with my son. He's a little bit like, eh, mm-hmm. this is kind of corny. Like to him, the new wave stuff on the radio, or not new wave alternative music on the yeah. radio was a bit corny. He goes deep. He yeah. goes really deep. So I music is not dead. If there's any theme of this podcast, you just have to be a little bit more adventurous in a yeah. way. And there's...
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. And just one last thing on this uh, specific topic. I mean, you were talking about that kids don't have the opportunity to listen to full albums anymore. It's kind of cyclical because in the 80s, the record companies pushed singles. Singles, you're right. That's all they Remember did. Remember the cassette singles? The cassette singles. Yeah. All the, So everybody was... We want a radio hit... So you you get oh my god like this and that's why you had so many one hit wonders because they yeah. make these hits but the rest of the album kind of sucks but now like discovering some of those so I started go to like uh to swap meets and flea markets and I buy old albums mm-hmm. so you buy like a Culture Club or something like that yeah. I'm like it was actually a pretty good freaking album you know right, it's got like, it's got uh, you know two singles on it that were hits but the rest of the songs are pretty good yeah. so I'm starting to rediscover that kind of
2: thing that is fun I'd love to listen to some albums that I like they like never really listened to the album would just listen to like the three songs on the that's album. that's a show right? we
1: can do that we can let's do, do pick it. an like, album
2: let's and... pick an album and find like the one cut that we didn't yeah. you know that nobody ever talks about yeah i have that like roxy music i know one track that i always listen to even billy joel i've listened to every billy joel not every when billy joel was cool i don't know like 70s <laughs> early 80s um was was billy joel ever cool yeah in, in my mind he was cool maybe yeah, because cool. i'm from of new york he's cool he's cool um, but uh, he, I don't know if he was ever cool. I liked his music, yes. but he has some hidden gems in there for sure. All Good right. segue.
1: So I, I wrote a book. The book is like basically about. congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, co- with a co-writer, uh, Brian. Who oh, I'm, wrote, not, I'm taking back my congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's <That's> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I just talked. So uh, I'm trying to find the, the title for it, but it's written. And right now it's uh, kind of personal. But I'm talking about basically a journey like my journey, cannabis, music, business. But one of the things that people are asking me for is uh, to give them a list of albums, like Mm. sort of we talking about Desert Island, this kind of thing. So it's interesting that you bring this up because I started putting my list of albums together and I don't have a lot of modern today albums. I'm not Mm. sure if I have any value of truth. So it's stream of consciousness. I never, they're not in order, they're not in anything, But. I'll go through yeah i'd love to hear what i'll you go got. through some i don't have a, a list prepared next time I'll... yeah i'll go through some and uh give me feedback even if you didn't hear it or you're like hey you know eh, whatever just a- ask questions so randomly okay. no order anything I'll, I'll go through and uh throughout some and no judgment well no you can judge I all right I'll you can, judge. yeah you can tell me that shit now the the caveat to that is that i picked one single album per band So it was very, very difficult to pick like which Beatles or which Zappa, you know, that kind of thing. That is hard. So uh, Jamiroquai, High Times. Now, this is the reason why I picked High Times. It's sort of his singles. So I could uh, have
2: like sort of greatest hits. So the one where he's walking on the ceiling. That's the only Jamiroquai song I know. Virtual Insanity. Yeah, Virtual Insanity.
1: Very, very underrated. Not very popular in the U.S. I highly, highly urge you to... Take a deep at Okay I will amazing, take a deep dive Amazing musicians Great singer uh, Radiohead Oh And I picked The Benz
2: Interesting Yeah So my son is obsessed With Radiohead He's gotten me more Into Radiohead Than I ever was Before he was around And I think that is That was the album That I loved Yeah He's gotten me Very much into Kid A uh, Of course Kid yeah. A and OK yeah.
1: Computer Great But for me The Benz they're... was
2: my first The first Well it's the Second and I think and all Yeah that's... yeah An incredible record Incredible album Yeah
1: Zero seven simple things.
2: I know zero. dude dude dude. Um, I know zero seven uh, So this I album. Only know one song.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of, that album is amazing highly right, waiting in line amazing Yeah, waiting album. in line. Yeah, so Sia was in that band at that time. She did oh, cool. she did like three or four songs on this album Whatever C is now, uh, Poppy, and I mean, her voice is so unique and so incredible, and there was no wig at that time.
2: C is a strange one, though. She won't show her face on camera. I mean, she's.
1: She talked about that because she felt. uh, She had some substance abuse issues, she was saying, and then uh, she felt really insecure and ugly, Mm -hmm. so she started wearing this wig. But
2: in this whole. She's uh, an amazing artist, yeah. I didn't so, realize she was in in zero seven. Yeah. Okay.
1: This this album, I highly recommend. It's an amazing album, and even if you watch the, the videos on YouTube or anything, she's singing no wig, and she's just amazing. There's a amazing.
2: dance, or kind of like a long seven minute version of "Waiting in Line." Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. I heard on KCRW, which is the local radio station. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, that's reminding me. I got to go and get Absolutely that. Absolutely amazing. Okay.
1: But you know, so so far I'm I'm all right. Yeah, I like it. I'm
2: <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I have all right. The uh, Jamariquai was a little so it was a, you started you started on a start a week, <laughs> well now it's okay I like him I think I'm not sure I'll take okay. a deeper dive I'll take a deeper dive
1: beyond virtual insanity is is amazing okay. uh, Led Zeppelin two well, I mean I picked two Led Zeppelin two two so two is a whole lot of love right Lemon Song yeah. thank you I, I, I you mean, really can't
2: go wrong with any Led Zeppelin but two it's interesting they went with two
1: I went with two. Very, very difficult decision. I, yes. I saw, I'm like, physical graffiti has so many different songs, but as a whole album, when I put on Let's Up and Tube, every single song on there stands you up. Like, yeah. Every one of them can be a single. It's a whole lot of love. I mean, you can't. And I people are like, oh, what about Cashmere? Yes, but not every song stands up. So on this one, when I put it on, I'm like, that was my litmus test. I had to take the album, count how many songs I love on that album. So if there are seven that I love, and the other one has five, so that one wins. That's kind of my. Uh, oh, my that's test. good. Yeah. This one is difficult. Though. Oh boy.
2: Beatles. I was going to wonder. It's like the yes. Beatles is almost impossible.
1: This is the only one where in parentheses I had a second option. Okay. I picked Abbey Road. Love. And Abbey I had Road. Sergeant Pepper as in parentheses. White album. I mean Abbey Road, but I did the Those same are my
2: thing. three, and the Magical Mystery Tour. I love yeah. too.
1: I was going to cheat and do the, uh, the, the best the, of the red, the red album. <laughs> yeah, where had the red all, and blue.
2: Yeah. Where they're all both on the stairs yeah. and they're looking down. That's I mean, amazing. I'm never, I'm never going to fight you. And Abbey Road's an incredible album. I always think of Abbey Road has a lot of the storytelling kind of magical songs on it. I love Abbey Road. I, I grew up with Sgt. Pepper's like, I just. Me too. Looking at that album cover and. Listening me, to that record, I mean, is one me of too. So that's why I
1: had it in parentheses because it was a life changing album for me. Yeah. When I heard Search and Pepper*, I would sit there with the album cover and try to, "Who is that? Who yeah, is that?" Yeah. yeah. But
2: was Paul dead? I mean, there was a lot. Exactly. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with you. Abbey Road is fantastic. Okay.
1: This one, I couldn't think of the actual album, so I put *Muddy Waters* the anthology. Interesting. Because uh, when I looked at the anthology, and I tried to stay away from *Best of*, but because there was a couple songs like that I really wanted to hear on this this one was the one that's
2: like out what best. like a uh, man Manish Boy or Manish Boy
1: like uh even the uh, Champagne and Reefer it's on a, one other album but it's not on uh the main album. I have, I have so many Muddy albums yeah. but this one was the You'll one. You'll have on,
2: like, to get me into Muddy Waters. I have a thing about the blues. I don't love it. <sighs> so maybe I need to take a deeper dive. We'll we'll take a deeper okay. dive because
1: uh, the blues and jazz are my foundation of everything. Like, right. Everything is blues like it's like Johnson. i
2: appreciate the blues like i understand that the blues is the reason that we have hip-hop and we have rock and roll music but it doesn't mean i like
1: actual original. Well, thing. the Rolling Stones are basically. Uh, and blues. I'm not a
2: huge like Rolling Stones guy.
1: Led Zeppelin is blues. Well, like, I love, a lot of, yeah, no, I know. Willie, that Dixon, they off. Willie Dixon. wrote like half those songs. No, not I have
2: but. but I sort of like the Led Zeppelin version of the blues more than the actual blues. Okay, <laughs> well, th- and that's fair.
1: So well, we'll see. It's a good point. But Mud brought in electric blues too, right? Yeah. So you had that's true. Robert Johnson. You had all these guys like uh, Sonny Boy Williamson. You had all these uh, uh, all these guys who would uh, you know play blues. Like Mississippi blues, but then when they came to Chicago, the Chess record blues, they changed all that stuff. All so right. if you listen to that, we got to listen to some blues together. Yeah, I, I recommend a movie called Cadillac Records. Beyonce oh, plays Anna yeah. James. Heard about it? She sings incredibly. Not the best uh, performance the best as, as an actor, but that movie is amazing. And I can't. Know, someday I'll on. tell you my Beyonce story. Right. Howling mm-hmm. Wolf and another okay. Walter, all that stuff. Okay, Theory Corporation. Oh yeah, Richest Man in Babylon.
2: I don't know if I know that record I know the Thievery Corporation they're a, a band where I know a lot of the like individual songs
1: amazing album yeah. amazing album uh, yeah there's a few but this one is amazing I had an opportunity to actually the main guy from the band uh, he's friends with uh, one of my friends uh, was at an event a few weeks ago and uh, I started talking about Thievery Corporation and she's like do you want to call Rob hmm. I think I'm like what? yeah she Facetimed him, nice. and I got a chance to like, dude, you don't even understand. I love your shit. Like, this is I'm sure amazing. He that. Yeah, he was he yeah. was so gracious, so grateful. Uh, Pink Floyd, and I picked Dark Side. Yeah, wow, incredible. I mean, I don't know, The Wall. Wish you were here. Dark Side. Yeah. I went hit by hit. That was the one. Yeah, even though The Wall is twice as long, so it wasn't a fair comparison. And uh, yeah, Dark Side is a life changing album for me. Beastie Boys. All right, let me ask you. Okay, before here we before, go. before I tell you mine, let me ask you.
2: What's my favorite Beastie Boys record? It's yeah, One thing flat. about my Beast, I'd have to say, it's a little cliche, but I think I'm going to say Paul's Boutique just because pound for pound, it's just such an interesting, innovative record, and I love sampling, and it's like one of the great sampling masterpieces of all time.
1: But I kind of like Check Your Head. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I, I mean, we're I mean like, we share a brain. Yeah. And so I wrote Paul's Boutique, and I struggle with Check, I Check Your Head. Yeah, I love Check Your Head because it was it. such an amazing album, but I same uh, yeah. mindset, so same process. Like, uh, Paul's Boutique Paul's Boutique. It was
2: like an life. innovative, like really, and it, it was even a record that I didn't even really appreciate as much until later. Like when I first came yeah. out, I don't remember being like, oh my God, this record's like life-changing. But now I listen to it, and I'm like, holy it. and then of course when we watched the Beastie Boys documentary and you learn a little bit about the history of it it's it's fascinating
1: yeah it's a, it, and I agree with the same it's a masterpiece it's yeah. a masterpiece exactly um, I have Alice in Chains and I picked Unplugged which was an easy cop out okay uh, because uh, it's all my favorite songs or a bunch of them and is it the, all acoustic I don't know the, that record okay amazing amazing I mean I know Alice in Chains it's well. just I, I highly to get into Alice in Chains Lane Staley is so sad during mm-hmm. this time it it actually makes me cry when I watch it, yeah. because it's such a you can feel the emotion. It's so much sadness in it. So if you if you're into right. a, uh, a sad moment, Allison
2: Change on. is a, definitely a band that I discovered later in my life, thanks to Lithium, <laughs> Sirius XM, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, which is really my introduction to a lot of '90s rock because I didn't listen to a lot of '90s rock in the '90s. Yeah. I listened to hip hop. So yeah,
1: there's an album. So I have the double vinyl, uh, which is Sap. And Jar of Flies And if you listen to those two They're not all the hits mm-hmm. But they're sort of the more mel- melancholy kind of yeah. Man, it's an amazing, amazing album It's a great band Then I have uh, Black Sabbath and I pick Paranoid Interesting um, Just because it has all the hits It has so, all the
2: hits Yeah Hence your boy, Ozzy It's my boy uh,
1: I love Ozzy Yeah, for sure
2: Bob Marley Oh boy That's hard. I don't know if I know a lot of his records. Everybody knows Legend. Well, that was the thing. I'm like,
1: I can just pick Legend because uh, it's got all of them. But then I was like, is there a one album? And I'll tell you my my experience. The album that I picked is Exodus. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I picked Exodus is, I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, and you can probably tell by the dates, it was the 40th anniversary of Exodus. And I went to the Ace Hotel, Oh, yeah. the theater, at the Ace Hotel, and they had a. They did the whole Exodus album with, I mean, Gary Clark Jr., the the so Stephen Marley, we, Ziggy. It's kind of
2: an incredible record. I'm looking at now, jamming, waiting in vain, three little birds, one love. I right.
1: Mean, it's like the greatest hits on one album. Yeah. Like how many artists have an album that yeah, has it's like, a hit Beatles, hit it's like hit a after hit after hit after hit. It's like a Beatles album. Right.
2: Which, like, everything is good.
1: That was the one.
2: My father introduced me to Bob Marley because he had seen Bob Marley live in Los, yeah. Los Angeles. And um, he used to play Rasta Man Vibration a lot. Yep. So I have like a sentimental attachment to that record, even though it's probably pound for pound. Exodus is actually a better record. Well, no,
1: that's a great album. I have that album. It uh, has. As, it, as, as see, minor.
2: that's one of those records that actually has some songs on it that aren't necessarily like very famous Bob Marley hits, but are like incredible songs i
1: don't like, think you can go wrong
2: like it. rat race yeah. or, or crazy that. bald head which i love like, oh, that's, that's me damn crazy <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> when i was
1: in jamaica I was, so i was telling people, I'm let's like, let's take us out we head. should
2: take us out with crazy <laughs> Baldhead. we know that our engineer loves reggae music that so is he... the one that is the one <laughs> right yeah well this has been fascinating to yeah. be continued i probably should bring my record you know i did that facebook thing where you You do. I don't know if you got tagged where you had to put the 10 records that have most influenced your life. Yeah, I did that. I did that too. We should go through our list. I don't know if this is similar to your list that you have here, but I have a different type of list because it was more of the records that really changed things for me. And you will be shocked by my first choice, which I will
1: reveal in the next episode. Stay tuned. Thank you all so much for joining. Peace.